The following is a hockey podcast out of Vancouver and Surrey, British Columbia. It'll only consist of a lot of pup talk and even more BS, or in actual words, banter and satire. Enjoy and as always, go Canucks, go. All right, this doesn't happen very often, but the Canucks, they did lay an egg against the Boston Bruce. But you know what? It don't matter because your Vancouver Canucks are still first overall in the Whoa. NHL. But one thing that does matter, does hockey day in Canada hate the Canucks? Whoa. Did you see the start time next week? What's going on, man? Next week in two weeks, man. Let's do this. Your Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Sorry, buddy, I was blinded by anger, but now I'm back, okay? Welcome to Locked On Canucks. My name is Trevor Beggs, Canucks writer for Daily High Vancouver and also the co-host here of Locked On Canucks. Before we dive into the show, we got to thank you for tuning into Locked On Canucks because it is your team every day part of the Locked On Podcast Network. If you haven't done so already, make sure you go subscribe or follow us for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. Coming up on today's episode, uh, we won't talk too much about last night. We're going to do some looking forward. And speaking of looking forward, we saw the start time for Bruins Canucks in two weeks from now, and uh, it has it has us a little bit rattled, okay? Uh, so we'll talk about the potential rematch and whether Hawking and Hannah in Canada hates the Vancouver Canucks, man, because this is the show with the West Coast bias. And I feel like there's a, too much East Coast bias going on out there uh, in other parts of the country. I don't care if it's on the East Coast, man. It's just way too heavy on that East Coast bias. Speaking of the East Coast, there's a guy out there on the East Coast, Rasmus Ristolainen, playing with the Philadelphia Flyers. Rumored that the Canucks have interest in him. Doesn't make sense for the Canucks to acquire him. We'll talk about Ristolainen's season and that rumor in segment two. And then finally, we'll end off with the weekend preview back-to-back matinees against two teams on the cusp of the playoffs or in the playoffs. Should be a fun weekend for hockey and sports in general. Uh, But before we get to any of that, uh, speaking of fun, man, Kyle Bowen, my co-host, man, had a a fun time seeing you last night, buddy. And uh, here we are again on Locked Out Canucks doing this. How's it going, brother? Nothing better than being 30 and a half years old and uh, drinking cream soda. With your brother, okay? That's what we did last night at 11 p.m. One love to all the listeners and viewers of Locked on Canucks. Uh, speaking of which, Canuck Clay in the house telling us that we're the best-looking guys on Canuck YouTube. Uh, scratch that. We're, you know, part of the bigger picture, and that's three of the best-looking guys on YouTube because Canuck Clay is one of them as well. Hey, speaking of Canuck Clay, can I say this? If the Canucks ever won the Stanley Cup, petition to put Canuck Clay's name on the cup, okay? Guy's been uh, entertaining us for, like, I don't know, it feels like almost two decades. A decade and a half at least, okay? For real. Anyways, Trevor Beggs, Kyle Bowen, doing our thing and maybe, I don't know, just spending too much time talking about a start time of a game that starts in two weeks. But man, oh man, how can I not look forward to our next game against the Boston Bruins? Because A, we got our asses kicked against the Bruins. B, they're the Bruins. And C, man, oh man, I feel as if, I feel as if if the Canucks don't, allow or surrender so many goals off of breaks that went Boston's way in quick succession, we have the recipe for one of the games of the year last night, okay? We saw a lot of physicality yesterday, a lot of bad blood. Dakota Joshua, Connor Garland, JT Miller, physical in the first period, Connor Garland, a pest throughout the game. I know we got our asses kicked, but those things kind of get the gears going when, again, I think of meaningful games, real hockey games, playoff hockey, or, again, Real good games against top of the league competition. And Boston, again, is in Vancouver in a couple of weeks. And that game is at 4 o'clock. 4 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. Late February game. It's not a playoff game. It's not the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yet we got to play these guys at 4 p.m. 
Uh, what, what type of home field advantage is that? Okay, I'm not a hater on the afternoon slash early evening game so much so, but come on, a team's coming from the East, Boston. It's in February. It's not a, like a, you know what I'm saying? Uh, why, why can't they wait till 10 p.m. to watch their Bruins play? Why can't the Boston Bruins player feel a little bit of jet lag when they play their games? You know, against us on the West Coast. I'm annoyed by that just a little bit. It makes me think that hockey in, in Canada does hate the Vancouver Canucks, you know? Um, you know, with obviously with what Toronto's here, sometimes even when Montreal's here, you get those 4 p.m. starts trying to appease the East Coast of Canada. But come on, the Bruins? Boston? The Bruins get the 4 p.m. start? Uh, and I know people on the East Coast are going to be like, well, you know what helps us watch the games on a 7? It don't matter. This is the Vancouver Canucks on Hockey Day in Canada against an American team, okay? Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear any of that, uh, you know, bias towards East Coast. The West Coast bias, Kyle, you're right. You know, the Bruins, um, I think they should be feeling a little bit of jet lag and a little bit of uh, extra controversy while facing the Vancouver Canucks. Now, that being said, you know, the Canucks aren't going to get the the easy road per se against the Boston Bruins. Um, and in general, I, I can't wait for that rematch because... You know, I think the Canucks are allowed to have an off night. It's mm. it was a rare off night, right? It was definitely an off night. Like you know, you talk about the physicality. It was an off night. Had some chances. It, it wasn't. Sorry to cut you off. You lagged a bit for me, but it, it was an off night. But it was also random. Like the goals that the Bruins scored. Of course, they came on breakdowns and good teams. You know, they create breakdowns, and when bad, like when teams are having bad games, they you know they make their own breakdowns. Like things happen. I get it, but everything went in for the Boston Bruins in 21 minutes. Everything, and that's kind of a rarity against Thatcher Demko, and I don't think that's going to really happen again or often uh, by this time in the end of the season, and I really don't think that's going to happen again when Boston comes to Vancouver in a couple of weeks, and because of that, I- I'm just I'm just excited for this. I think we're reaching a point where we're going to see many games of the year, quote-unquote, happen for our eyes, and just, again, for some reason, it feels so special and it feels so new because it's been a while since, like, games A mattered and B were constantly full of emotion. And, again, we get the Bruins. We get a lot of games against the Kings. We still have one more game against the Oilers. We have a bunch of games against the Golden Knights. Like, hockey is about to be really, 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 really fun again. And I think yesterday when I hopped on live right after the 4 nothing loss, I was still a little optimistic, a little bit more jolly than I've ever been post ass kicking in any sporting event but again i think just that having that that uh that need filled in my life for meaningful games being a true thing i'm just kind of i'm in a good place man and i don't think that's going to happen again especially against the bruins in a couple weeks and we're going to get one of the games of the year i mean let's hope so and you know i wouldn't say there's a lot of cause for concerns about the canucks because you know again they played so well recently right but if you want if you do want to have a, a tiny I don't even want to use the word Citadel, but a tiny cause for concern. It's like, okay, they played the Bruins and they put up a terrible performance. One of their other worst performances was against the Golden Knights. They also didn't look great against the Colorado Avalanche. Like, this is the cream of the crop of the league right here. Cream of the that crop. you want to see the Canucks having success against, right? Um, and sure, they've had good games against the Rangers, the Stars, the Lightning, uh, you know, some good and bad against the Leafs, right? So, and obviously the Oilers, they they kick their asses. Um, had to mention that here on, on Locked On Canucks, home of the West Coast bias. But again, you know, down the stretch here with some tough games, you really want to see the Canucks show up. <laughs> they did not show up last night. Whoa. I know there's some randomness, Kyle, last night, like you said. Randomness. Um, but at the end of the day, the Canucks didn't really generate much uh, at all in terms of their own chances, right? Um, it was it was sloppy. The Bruins, to their credit, I think, did a great job shutting down the Canucks. But I think just moving forward, that's what I want to see is, you know, 
A, the Canucks showing up against good teams, and B, Hockey Day in Canada not giving the East Coast <laughs> the benefit of the doubt, man. Unbelievable, man. Yeah, I'm just still mad about that, man. Late it's, night, 7 p.m. start, man. It's okay. At least you get to go to bed early, right? I don't know, man. It's one of those things. You know, Vancouver, like, even they're, they're never going to be treated, like, super special, you know, by the schedule makers and whatnot. It is what it is. Now, again, last night, um, uh, like, just a weird game. Just a weird game. You, you, like, Right after the, the opening draw, I think Dakota Joshua has, like, a, a little breakaway, you know? Misses it. He draws, I think, I don't know if it was him who drew a penalty, but we got a power play right after that. And boom, five seconds later, Thatcher Demko yeah. makes a mistake and Marchand scores. Then they score another shorthanded goal in, like, ten minutes. It was just random. One of those things. But I don't think they didn't show up completely. I mean, Mr. Whale, you know, it's, he's saying it. It's not that we lost. Yeah. It's that we didn't show up. Again, when I see yeah. when I see Thatcher Demko, I'm not Thatcher Demko, when I see Connor Garland being a pest the whole game, when I see Dakota Joshua laying the body, there was one shift, JT Miller, who played a horrible first period offensively. That being said, there was one shift where he laid the body twice, took one penalty. There's some emotion there. There's some care there. And I'm going to take those little things. Again, didn't result into victory. Again, JT Miller played horrible in the first period offensively. I know those things are true. But, again, as a hockey fan and us being this ahead in the standings, I can't. I don't know. Just I, I have a tough time being overly pessimistic and overly negative after the game, and I'm having an easier time just taking those little things and moving forward again with a whole bunch of games that mean something. And my hockey, uh, yeah, my hockey love, my hockey mojo is coming back, and we're blessed, man, to be Canucks fans right now. Hundred percent, man. Uh, if I'm going to make one more critique about last night before um, we get to the other side here. I want to see Hoagland on that top line, and I'm going to keep saying it until it happens. I thought Mikheyev, when he had the puck on his stick, chances went to die a little bit. <laughs> uh, I want to see Hoaglander on the top line. Give me the all-Swedish connection with Pedersen, Lindholm, well, look and Hoaglander. Let's go, baby. Look at this. Canuck Clay, the insider on Locked on Canucks, he said, did some line shuffling today at practice. Rick Tockett, that is. Miller is skating with Lindholm. That's all we know. What do you mean that's all we know? Are those guys the only ones practicing today? Unreal, man. Mind games, dude. Okay, so you want to see Hoaglander bumped up the lineup, and now we're possibly seeing already a breakup of the duos in the top six, right? Elias and Elias, they're supposed to be this thing. Besser and Miller consistent. Boom, bam. We're going into the weekend, a couple matinee games. Yeah, I would not be surprised. Based on, again, how much they got shut down, not only in Boston, but five on five. This the, those, That top six has been shut down in Carolina, in Boston. Let's be real. Let's be honest. We might see a little switch in the duo. So do you think... Uh, you, th- you think uh, any chemistry could be ruined? I, I mean, I, I can't. I guess you can't really guess it. We've never seen it, but Miller, Lindholm, Besser, Pedersen, uh, you get the floor. Yeah, uh, that that was my first kind of instinct when, I'm, uh, you know, th- shout out to Canuck Clay. I'm just kind of seeing that interview with JT Miller now and, and some of the some of the quotes from it. Um, yeah, if it's Miller Lindholm, I, I doubt that it's going to be uh, a Miller Lindholm Besser line. I would imagine it's Miller Lindholm and then Pedersen Besser. And mm-hmm. you know, Pedersen Besser, ironically, is what I was saying from before the season started. Like, put Pedersen with Besser. I think that's the best way to get the most out of Brock Besser. I mean, I think in talking size too, like he likes Miller as a shutdown center. Like I could see him wanting Miller and Lindholm together on a shutdown line. You keep Suter on that line, he's going to play some shutdown hockey as well. And then maybe you have a Pedersen Besser, and I, I imagine they're going to just keep McKayev there. But man, mm. I'd love to see Hookliner on that line too, man. Let's go. Honestly, if if Tockett is moving towards a direction where he's splitting up the duos, Miller Miller Besser no longer a thing, Elias and Elias no longer a thing. Uh, what what goes to say that he wouldn't do the same with shuffling the order of wingers when it comes to McKayev and Hooglander? Because he's pressing a lot of yeah. buttons right now. Okay, let's get to the comments before we get to the other side. Man, oh man, the people. 
Uh, where would we be without you? Bored. But we'd still be talking Canucks, okay? For real. Let's uh, let's be honest, okay? Mr. Dolphin. We got a Mr. Whale and a Mr. Dolphin in, in the chat. Uh, what's wrong with Pedersen, guys? Bro, again, I, I'm not going to connect no dots with truth and fact, but Michael Buble was doing a bunch of shrooms during mm-hmm. the All-Star break. Michael Buble, good friends with Elias Pedersen and company and the rest of the Canucks. Mm-hmm. Maybe all the Canucks were doing shrooms. Maybe it was the first time doing shrooms. Bro, it's okay, man. You got to live, right? You got to sprinkle it in. Let, let's have some fun. Aaron Gray, let's have Phil Kessel on the top line. Bro, the more and more Mikheyev struggles in the top six, uh, the more and more uh, I assume the worst and see, you know, like Hoagland are not converting as well, the more and more we're going to hear names like Phil Kessel uh, being linked with the Vancouver Canucks as a plug-and-play but also a top six player. Dude, come what? First place problems, and What did they say back in the day? Champagne problems, baby. Go Canucks, go. <laughs> Trevor Beggs. Uh, who we shouting out? All right. On the other side, we'll talk about Rasmus Aristolaiden and whether or not he could fit in with the Vancouver Canucks. Hey, no spoilers on how we feel. Hear how we feel, though, on the other side. Before we get to that, I got to shout out eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. That's what brings home the winning trophy, and it's also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts to choose from for your ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Big promise from the boys over at mm-hmm, eBay Motors, the mm-hmm. boys and the girls. Because, hey, with eBay Motors, guess what? You're burning rubber. Not cash, baby. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive today at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusion supply, eBay guarantee fit, only available to U.S. customers. Bum, bam. Shout out to eBay Motors, one love. Okay, okay, we back on this side, on this conversation about your Vancouver Canucks, a.k.a. Locked on Canucks. A shout-out to the Don't Those Art Lab for providing that West Coast bias. Uh, we've been doing that only for years and years and years and years because it really only matters about your neighbors. Okay, for real. On that note, go Canucks, go. We'll be fine. Uh, we have Angelo, man. Angelo, emotional Canucks fan, okay? And I can kind of relate. In fact, I, I read a comment about our show, a review about our show. They said, these guys are really emotional, and I like listening to them every every day. It's a, it's a show only fueled with emotion and no insight. So, again, we can relate with the emotion, okay? And look at Angelo, man. He's saying Heronic sucks. Angelo also in the comments talking about uh, the Canucks are going to lose to the Winnipeg Jets and blah, blah, blah. Bro, relax, okay? Last time I checked, we're what? Fake math, but 20 games over 500 when it comes to regulation losses to wins. Am, am I right on that? Dude. You'd be pretty, you'd be pretty damn it's close, okay. Yeah. It's okay. And again, a couple things. Remember the little things. I'm going to take in the little things. Garland consistent the whole game. The third line was really good yesterday against Boston. Maybe really good as an overstatement. We were a little physical, you know? You know, we did stand up for ourselves just a bit. We played big for a little bit. Take those things and let's move forward. On to the weekend. And uh, <laughs> I know we're not talking about the weekend yet. I think I kind of wanted to do that because I don't want to talk about this. Risk the line into the Canucks. Come on. We have Zadorov and Myers. And now possibly risk the line being connected to 
Patrick Alvin? What? Talk about this, man. I don't believe you. <laughs> all right. So, yeah, with all rumors, you know, we got to touch on it, talk about the fit. Um, but the fourth period was reporting that both the Canucks and the Toronto Maple Leafs have inquired about Rasmus Ristolainen and, and Philadelphia. And I feel the same way that probably most of you feel here uh, in Canucks Nation. Dear God, no, don't do it. Rasmus Ristolainen to me is basically Tyler Myers 2.0, right? This guy, I get drafted by Buffalo, comes into the league as a big, towering, offensive-minded defenseman uh, who can't play defense. And now he's in Philadelphia transformed into this guy who provides no offense but provides okay defense on a third pair. Rasmus Ristolainen is 29 years old and making $5.1 million per season for the next three seasons after this year. So three seasons and change left on a $5.1 million deal for an overpaid, towering, uh, six-foot-four third-pairing defenseman. No thank you, okay? I mean, I think the only thing tying Ristolainen to the Canucks is, I guess, twofold. A, the Philadelphia Flyers reportedly are willing to eat salary. No, no, I almost swore there. They pretty much have to. Come on, no, who's going to trade for this guy at $5.1 million? Uh, but the second thing is, obviously, this management regime has had a a liking for big physical defensemen. And, mm-hmm. and Ristolainen is that, you know, six foot four, over 220 pounds, throws the body around. Um, I'll give John Tortorella credit. I think he's done a good job of turning this guy into um, a reliable third pairing defenseman from the defensive mess that he was before. But man, oh man, I would I would not touch this guy with the 10 foot pole. Yeah. And I don't even want to talk about this guy for 10 more seconds. Makes no sense, man. I don't want to be rude to our listeners, man, and our viewers. I don't think this is going to happen. Not at all. I mean, we mentioned Zadorov. We mentioned Myers being, quote-unquote, relatable to some extent. If you're talking about being big and strong and physical, we also have Ian Cole as well. I don't think the Canucks go out of their way to give up assets if they're not getting a player in return that's a foot or two above those guys when it comes to uh, their, their attributes and their skill set on a chart. Okay, so no, I don't want to talk about this anymore, man. You're, you're, come on, man. Come on. Anyone else, though? Anyone? Okay, so, like, what are the chances of the Canucks acquiring a D-man who, at most, is 82 overall? Because for me, I feel like that number is 1%. They're not going out of the way to do that. They're not. Yeah, I, I just feel like the acquisition cost is probably too much, but, you know, the other guy I wanted to bring up is, is over in Philadelphia as well, and that's Sean Walker. We've talked about him before. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean Walker is on a very uh, intriguing contract. Uh, I believe he's making uh, his cap rate was $2.65 million, right? This guy was basically a throw-in from the Los Angeles Kings in a trade over the summer. And he's been rock solid, man. Um, Kyle, I know you, you like the NHL numbers. And um, Sean Walker, let me see if I can pull his up. But I don't know if you've noticed on cap friendly, but they basically have like a rating system uh, for guys mm-hmm. uh, to kind of tell you exactly where they fit in. Right, They're really high on Ristolano. They have him as a uh, second pairing defenseman at 84 overall. I mean, oh my God, man. That's that's just not the whoa, case. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, but Sean Walker, to me, you know, right shot D, kills penalties, fairly cheap contract, but you're probably paying somewhere close to a second round a pick. First. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe even a first, yeah. right? Depending on what the goes for. So, yeah. And that from that point of view, I don't think it gets done, but. He's got the low cap at where theoretically it could get done. Yeah. Okay, so I think you just answered my question, okay? I told you, like, you know, what are the chances of the Canucks trading for somebody who's at most an 82 overall? 
you immediately walked over to this Walker guy. And from what I've heard, this Walker guy is, what, like 85 overall, 84 overall, playing on a contract here, pretty solid defenseman, maybe an 83 overall. Again, a step above Arista Linen, Zadorov, and Myers. And again, I don't think the Canucks are bringing anyone in, whether it be forward or defense, if they're not better than the current players that they have. Because remember, man, the Canucks, over the last two seasons, have traded a lot of draft picks, you know? Like, they made mm-hmm. moves. They moved, They made moves. Hironik, Zadorov, and Lindholm. So it makes no sense for them to give up even more assets if they're not actually bringing in, like, some top-end talent. And it has me just circle back to a name that's no longer connected with the Vancouver Canucks. I think that's somewhat confirmed, maybe, but that's Frank Vertrano. I heard that it's not going to happen. Frank that's what, the Tank. Frank the Tank. I heard that's gonna ha- not, not going to happen. And then Chris Tanev, which, again, they're, they're like the top-tier guys on the mm-hmm. trade list. And... You know, typically you're one of those top teams going into the deadline, and more often than not, that means you already have some top end talent, which is true. And the Canucks even brought in some more top end talent. So you really only see teams like this trade for, like, you know, not to always bring up 2011, but like the Higgins, the Lapierres, the, you know, the Fillins. Mm-hmm. And the floor of this yep. team. I, I mean, okay, go ahead. Yeah, I'll just say I was thinking too about Sean Walker a little bit more. One reason why I think Philadelphia could trade him, and again, maybe maybe you get him for a third and a prospect too, right? Like if you're willing to deal one of the prospects from your system, because Philly is a is a rebuilding team. Like they want young asses. They don't necessarily just want draft picks. Um, but Philadelphia just made that big trade, right, where they acquired Jamie Drysdale from the Anaheim Ducks. So now you have Travis Sanheim and Jamie Drysdale basically locked in as your you know two defensemen on the right side. So that kind of leaves both Ristolainen and Ann Walker as like third pairing guys. I know Walker's hasn't been like, you know, for the most part, he's been playing second pairing minutes, but Drysdale would theoretically be the long-term answer there. And even looking at uh, Sean Walker's ice time over the past few games, he's, you know, quite a bit below the almost 20 minutes night he was averaging earlier this season. So I think the Jamie Drysdale trade that the Flyers made has maybe changed their mentality and, Makes you think that Sean Walker is, you know, no, at least somewhat expendable. They're, sure. they're, I feel like they're making trades, man. They're moving. They're moving forward. Uh, it is going to happen. Like, they're not completely convinced that, like, just because they're doing well this year, they shouldn't keep sticking with the plan, and that's getting assets. I just don't feel as if the Canucks are at the top of the list of teams that are just drooling for their, their players to take us over the top. <laughs> yeah, and I think the acquisition cost for Walker's not too big, but I think they'd rather get Tanev, okay? Anyways, enough Philadelphia Flyers talk, man. Locked on Flyers, bro. Go Flyers, go. Unreal, man. Let's get to the comments before we get to the other side. Uh, look at this, man. Matt, Matt 3 an OG fan. No Kessel, for the love of God. And then we had Mr. Whale reply right away. Uh, where in the lineup would you put Phil Kessel? I know we've been talking a lot about Phil, Phil Kessel again. Hot dogs, always on the mind of Trevor and I. Uh, but I'll say it again, man. I'll say it again. If McKayev isn't ripping it up and if Hoaglander doesn't bring top six value right away when he gets that chance, because, you know, he's still a young player, you never know. If those things happen and the Canucks don't want to pay a lot of capital to bring someone else in, the like, don't don't not overthink this, the fact that Tockett just spoke highly about Phil Kessel. And Phil Kessel still put up yeah. like 36 points last year with Vegas in the Pacific Division and Maybe if he plays with elite players and, again, has that chemistry again with Tockett, something something grand can happen. I don't know. Like, there's a chance, bro. Again, I said it. This guy's a Stanley Cup champion, a 1,000-point player. He's 36 years old. Like, he may still have something, bro. 
Yeah, man. Uh, and again, I think Castle has the respect of this management regime and this coaching Ooh. staff. So don't discount it. It might not be likely. The fit might seem a little weird, but guess what? Kessel sounds like a bit of a weird guy himself. So I like uh, it. Don't discount the fact that Kessel could be joining the Vancouver Canucks. One thing that's guaranteed to happen is that Kyle and I will be back on the other side after shouting up, shouting out a couple of sponsors, starting with Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to, isn't to search at all. Don't search, but match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that they know fast, and I know fast too. Just ask my wife. Indeed, they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Listeners of this show, you will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash locked on. Just go to Indeed.com slash locked on right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this very podcast. Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms of supply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you know that even if you have a 401k for retirement, you can still have an IRA? Robinhood has the only IRA that gives you a 3% boost on every dollar you contribute when you subscribe to Robinhood, Robinhood Gold. But get this, now through April 30th, Robinhood is even boosting every single dollar you transfer in from other retirement accounts with a 3% match. That's right, no cap on the 3% match. Robinhood Gold gets you the most free retirement thanks to their IRA with a 3% match. The, this offer is good through April 30th. Get started at Robinhood.com boost. Subscription fee supplies. And now time for some legal info. Claim as of Q1 2024 validated by Radius Global Market Research. Investing involves risk, including loss. Limitations apply to IRAs and 401ks. 3% match requ- requires Robinhood Gold for one year from the, date, uh, from the date of first 3% match. Must keep Robinhood IRA for five years. 3% matching on transfers, transfers is subject to specific terms and conditions. Robinhood IRA available to U.S. customers in good standing. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC is registered broker-dealer. Okay, okay, we back on Locked on Canucks. My name is Kyle Bowman. That right there is Trevor Beggs. One love to Robin Hood for doing its thing, man. Possibly saving the day again. Real talk. Beggsy, man. So much to talk about. So much to go through still on this program. Because uh, the, the fans are emotional, man. They're emotional, man. All over the place. After one game. And honestly, unlike a regular, regular occasion, maybe I'd just go in and... I wouldn't bash the fans, but I would, you know, drag them off the ledge. You know what I'm saying? Like, relax, relax. But I get it, you know? Uh, this kind of all feels new. And coping with your emotions after losses, a.k.a. being resilient and composed, it's going to take time for everyone to kind of be like that. And I think everyone should be like that because, again, this team is first in the league. They've been resilient all year. I think they've kind of earned our trust, for real. It's just the truth. Yeah. Uh, speaking of our trust, how about this guy, Mr. Dolphin, a.k.a. Harpoon? is saying that the team chemistry is sure going downhill. Buddy, look at Matt Folger. This guy's a legend, okay? The overreactions to the bad loss yesterday, 
are insane. Look, man, again, am I wrong on that when I'm saying there's probably a large crop of hockey fans from this side of town who cheer for the Canucks who may be feeling irrationally in love with the Canucks again, right? I can't be... I can't be just spewing out some BS there, right, Begsy? Are you there? Oh, Begsy's not there. I, I I can't be, again, I can't be the only one thinking that it's kind of normal to be panicking right now, right? I get it. 4 nothing against the Boston Bruins. You lose the game. You bring it back to Vegas. You bring it back to Colorado a couple months ago. Not that, not that promising. Those things matter. Playing against the cream of the crop, right? It matters, and we've kind of failed. But again, resiliency, man. Be strong for your Canucks. 100%. And, you know, going into this weekend, you know, Washington and Detroit aren't Carolina and Boston. Uh, looking, at, looking at how the Canucks have played against these teams in recent seasons, they haven't had great success. Uh, the Canucks have won two of their last nine games was one of the multi-goalies they blew uh, early on. Uh, they lost both games to Washington last year. And against Detroit, we've lost okay, the last four straight games against the Red Wings, uh, losing 5-2, 6-1 last season. All right, Trevor. Trevor's lagging a bit. It is what it is, right? It's a Friday. It is what it is. And I think this guy was spewing a bunch of stats about some of the games that we may be playing this weekend, if that's the truth. Anyway, just relax, man. It's- Canuck fans, we'll be fine, okay? Get up early for the games, do your thing, enjoy life, make your favorite breakfast, and assume that the Canucks are going to win both games this weekend. You know what I'm saying? Look at this comment from Aaron Gray, the philosopher from Surrey, okay? I'm pretty sure this guy owns a used bookstore. Aaron Gray, if I think it's the right Aaron Gray, okay? In my books, it's good to have these kinds of losses in the regular season as it will bring the team closer. A little adversity never hurt anyone. Bro, you don't want to... You don't want to learn about uh, your resiliency to a- adversity in the playoffs. You want you want to practice in the regular season. Oh, 100%. And, you know, I do think there's some good tests for the Canucks this weekend. I see Detroit as the bigger test than Washington, uh, to be honest with you. I mean, Detroit is actually in a playoff spot right now, uh, holding down the last wild card spot uh, in the Eastern Conference. They've only lost two games in regulation in their last 10 games. Uh, Alex Lyon as well. I know Thatcher Demko and Alex Lyon have some sort of relationship, so... Um, be interesting to see if he gets the start uh, against uh, Detroit, which I believe is a Saturday game. Um, but yeah, I li- like I said, the Canucks got to get at least one win this weekend here on the Madney. It's get not easy for this team. I get, get both of them, but you know, on. the Canucks traditionally have not played well in these early morning Madneys, right? So um, I want to see a good performance, especially, <laughs> especially against uh, the Detroit Red Wings. I get it. Are you um, one of those guys what- right now? Like it's, I think like uh, there's, there's that quote, you know, like good teams don't, especially when they're ahead of the schedule like this, they don't worry so much about the wins and losses. They're still focused on the process. So I guess from your rhetoric, like you just want to see two solid games, you know, and you want the details. You know, one thing that we haven't mentioned all day today, I don't know why, is is a big reason why we lost yesterday was because the power play sucked. Like Outside of just letting two shorthand goals against, I just felt as if the top unit, and it was pretty evident, Real talk, I just brought up the fact that JT Miller nailed two guys on one shift, including one interference call. Like, he brought the body, but he took a stupid penalty. It's because these guys were overthinking too much. They got to get used to playing these big games. And it was it was the nerves that got to them yesterday or just not staying in the moment and allowing the atmosphere to kind of rattle them. And 
have them overthink. And when you overthink as a fluid athlete, a top-end athlete, you're not going to do your job. Or it could have been the crab cakes, okay? Connor Garland had the family of the team over the night before. Again, we brought the mushrooms and Michael Buble last week. Connor Garland crab cakes the night before. You don't think there was a couple bottles of wine doing it? You know what I'm saying? Game 50 just finished. Bro, things happen, man. Things happen, bro. Yo, Trevor, have you ever been good at your job for 365 days a year? No chance. Have you ever been good at your job for 40 days a year? Probably not, too. You know what I'm saying? Things happen. Yeah, things do happen. Just uh, just ask my internet connection, man. Unbelievable stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm looking forward to this weekend, man. Kyle, I know you don't watch the Super Bowl, but what a great sports weekend. Eh? Canucks play morning games Saturday and Sunday. We get the Super Bowl on Sunday. Uh, I can't wait, man. Uh, I'll, I'll, my pregame prophecy, I think the Canucks... I think the Canucks are going to get three of a possible four points this weekend. Wow. Um, that's my prediction. Dude, come on. We're picking up four points, bro. Is, we're playing the Capitals and the Red Wings, dude. Actually, two. Like, they're back not the worst teams. Matt and A's, man. I'm just trying to be realistic. Yeah. The Matt and A's, man. The afternoons, bro. I think we're going to get four points. I think the shuffling in the top six is going to do something. I think, like, the excuses about the mushroom hangover, quote-unquote, and the crab cakes hangover it's like you don't have those excuses anymore especially the top six i think they've been challenged by Tockett, and i think they're going to be uber resilient and if those guys are uber resilient right top end talent across the league on your team i think there's a chance that the canucks dominate this weekend stretch okay real talk and i know we haven't beaten vegas or colorado or boston and blah 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 i don't know i'm a big fan of the new york rangers and we played two pretty strong games against them Mm mm-hmm Things happen. Yep. A lot of a lot of ball game left, and a lot of ball game to warm up for the playoffs. Yeah, I you know this team beat the Florida Panthers twice. They beat the Carolina Hurricanes twice. They've played well against good teams, but I just want to see more of it moving forward. Let's get out of here, okay? The weekend is here. Uh, Locked on Canucks, baby. Your team every day will have you covered for whatever <laughs> happens this weekend with the Detroit game, uh, the Washington game, uh, and everything else happening next week. Come on, man. We got uh, we're in the stretch drive, baby. Let's go. Kyle, anything to say to the people before we get out of here? No, one love. Apologies for the internet connection. We ain't perfect, man. I'm just a Hindu. Who Whoa, loves why, are you, why, why are you apologizing for my internet, no, man? No, no, Unbelievable. It's, 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 bro, it's, a t- it's team effort, man. It's a team effort. Nobody knows need, need, needs to know the details, okay? But again, I'm just a Hindu who loves hockey. Begsy is a, the second best dad in the world. We're doing our best. Speaking of which, bro, it's our warm-up for the playoffs, too. I know we got a long ways to go, but I can't wait for those super late-night talks. You know what I'm saying? Anyways, Begsy, I've said what I need to say. One love to all the listeners and the viewers. Take care of yourselves. Go Canucks, go. And, uh, bro, assume the best, bro. This team actually deserves it because you're only here because of them. Peace. Your Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.